Hi there. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast, The Happy Apple. I'm Katie King, also known as The Balanced Nutritionist, and I live in Brisbane, Australia. Guess what? Healthy food and striving to be healthy in general should not be boring or stressful. This podcast is here to remind you that it can be both nutritious and delicious at the same time, and that you need balance in your life, not perfection. If you love my message, don't forget to follow along on Facebook and Instagram. You can also check out my online courses at www.courses.thebalancednutritionist.com.au. You can book a consultation with me at my website, www.thebalancednutritionist.com.au. I do everything via telehealth so we can work together no matter where in the world you are. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe if you love it. Hi everyone and thank you so much for tuning in and welcome back to another episode of The Happy Apple. Today I'm going to be talking about having a healthy relationship with exercise is just as important or actually it's part of having a healthy relationship with food. So over the last few episodes and also through my social media channels, I have and do continue to focus on the importance of having a healthy relationship with food. My passion obviously is not just helping people to eat really well and healthily and nourishing their bodies, but also having that healthy relationship with food too, which means being able to have food that is considered unhealthy and not feel guilty about it or self-loathing. Now, as a nutritionist and as someone who's passionate about this sort of healthy relationship with food, I believe that your relationship with exercise also must be healthy too. So it's part of having a healthy relationship with food. The reason why this has come up Uh, right now and why I've decided to create a podcast about it is actually because I'm drawing it from experiences that I've had with a couple of clients recently. And that's often how I gather my inspiration for these sorts of discussions on the podcast. Obviously, things that are topical and that I'm seeing people are struggling with, that's what I want to bring to light in this podcast so that I can help you as a listener, if you are also struggling with this particular issue. So imagine this. I often, when I'm working with clients, ask them to keep a nutrition diary for me. In fact, I actually call it a nutrition and symptoms diary. So what I get people to do is I get them to write down their food, just basically, you know, vegetables, uh, vegetables, chicken, potato, whatever it is they might have eaten. They don't weigh things. They don't tell me how, like, how many calories are in it or anything like that because you know I'm not interested in that. I just get them to write down a very brief description of what they've eaten and then at the end of the day I ask for them to do a reflection. Now in the reflection I always say that you can never give too much information. So the things that I'm interested in in this exercise 
is for clients to note things that they may notice in terms of physical symptoms. So perhaps if they're noticing bloating or they might start to recognize that a certain food makes them feel unwell or they might start to recognize a pattern of binge eating where they're actually eating totally unconsciously and then turning around and realizing that an entire tub of ice cream has gone and they haven't even been present to that. So this food diary, it's not about me checking up on my clients and and seeing if they're eating well or not. It's actually about me helping them to see how food is making them feel. But in this same little diary, I ask people to write down any exercise that they've done. And what I've noticed over the last couple of um, weeks is with a couple of my clients, I was getting the diaries back. And when I looked at the exercise column, I was getting a very detailed description of the type of exercise they were doing. And then um, all of these numbers followed. So when I mean numbers, I was getting all the calories that they'd burned, the intensity or the perceived exertion that they'd exercised at, um, the duration, uh, their heart rate, et cetera, et cetera. So I opened a bit of a can of worms with a couple of clients and I sort of, you know, I put to them, I sort of said, look, you know, um, how do you sort of feel about these numbers and do you think you could maybe let go of some of them? What I meant by that was in particular, I don't, I didn't want my clients to be tracking their calories. So, you know, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while and you follow my social media and you've read some of my blogs, you know, I'm not big on calorie counting because it really reduces food to numbers and food is so much more than that. And I find it can be quite negative on mental health long term and really tracking calories from an exercise perspective in a lot of ways for a lot of people is probably doing the same sort of thing. So it's reducing exercise to a pure output uh, or a pure activity that really all, you know, is coming back to calories. So I, I feel like these clients are putting a lot of emphasis on um or sorry, a lot of importance on the number of calories that were being burned and the intensity in particular. So I asked them, you know, maybe we could let go of some of these numbers. So, you know, I want to sort of ask you as a, as a listener of the podcast, um, have you ever thought about what exercise actually means to you and why you do it and whether you have a healthy relationship with food because when I asked sorry with exercise because when I asked these clients I said you know do you think it's really healthy that you're tracking all these numbers they sort of stopped and I think it really made them think it really made them stop and go well actually now that you ask me hmm, maybe it's not that healthy so I'll give you some of the, the, I suppose, reasons why I don't track my exercise in this way um, and haven't for a very long time. Please keep in mind that, you know, on a personal level, I used to, um, you know, I used to be, I used to have a very poor relationship with exercise. Um, I used to teach aerobics, very high-intensity gym classes. Um, I even competed in body sculpting about 10 years ago. 
So I've had experience on both sides of the coin. I've certainly had experience with, you know, measuring perceived exertion and intensity and heart rate and calories burned to where I am now. And when I look back at my journey, I know that I'm in such a better place with exercise now than I was back then. So that's why I want to share it with you. So the thing about exercise is it's it should be about so much more than numbers. Sure, we all know that there are a myriad of physical health benefits associated with consistent exercise, but that doesn't mean we need to, to track obsessively the numbers that come out of every single session. We know that just by doing regular exercise and engaging in regular movement, we are helping our physical and mental health so much. Although we're probably not helping our mental health if we're getting really stressed about the level of intensity that we're doing at and whether or not we're burning enough calories. The next point I wanted to make was, you know, I've just mentioned that exercise we know is beneficial when we're consistent at it. But if we're really, really wrapped up in the um, the calories that we're burning and our heart rate and whatnot, that can lead to a situation where we're doing a lot of really high intensity sort of sessions and very, very tough sessions over and over again. And guess what? That type of exercise isn't going to be consistent. And that really defeats the purpose of exercise, right? Because it should be something that we're able to do every day or, or at least, you know, five or six times a week. And you're never going to be consistent if you're smashing yourself every single day until you're literally, you know, dropping off the back of the treadmill. So that's one reason why I, I sort of I really um, encourage people to think about, you know, how they're measuring exercise and whether it's necessary. The other sort of point that I'd like to make is, you know, exercise really should be just like food. So I often talk about with my clients, I always talk about, you know, listening to your innate cues. <coughs> so getting back to that concept of eating when you're actually hungry, stopping when you're satisfied, not when you're over full. Eating because your body is telling you it needs food, not because of a certain time on the clock. And even listening to the types of food that your body is craving. Sometimes if your body is craving red meat, it could actually be because it needs that iron, etc., etc. Other times you might crave light food and more vegetarian style food, and that's great. We need to listen to those cues. If we listen to those cues, nutrition would be a lot simpler than it actually is, and I'd have a lot less clients, I'm sure. And I think exercise is the same, you know. Um, I love running with my dog. You know, I would say at least four times a week I would run six, seven Ks with my dog. But, you know, probably once or twice a week I don't want to run and I'll just walk, you know, 45 minutes out there walking, having a sniff. Well, he sniffs, I wait. Um, and you know, that ability to tune in and actually go, my body doesn't need to jog today. It just needs to walk. It just needs to move. It just needs to get out into some sunshine or, 
or get out and have some um, personal space, that's what I'm craving. That's really, really important. Sometimes, you know, um, when we're measuring output once again in terms of heart rate, calories, etc., perhaps those numbers become louder than the cues that our body is actually giving us. So one of the things that I was talking to these clients about was, you know, if you're feeling really tired, what sort of exercise session would you do? And and most or the, the, the two that I was talking to actually reflected and said, well, actually, if I was feeling tired, I'd probably ignore that and I'd just go and smash it out anyway. Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's probably the best way to do it because the body sometimes just needs something less intense and we need to acknowledge that and honour that and respect that because that is what, you know, listening to your body is all about. And obviously, if we're if we're constantly overriding our ability to listen to what our body needs, that can lead to things like injuries, um, you know, overtraining syndromes, um, you know, niggles, frac- um, you know, s- stress fractures, all sorts of things. So, you know, it, it's so important to be able to sort of push the numbers aside sometimes and go, well, actually, this is what I need. You know, right now, and I'm going to acknowledge that. The other thing that you know is interesting is also just the fact that we know, and this is a little bit less on the mental health side of things, but we also we do know that variety of exercise is actually important. So you know, even um, knowledgeable trainers and whatnot would never would never promote high-intensity training and, you know, big volume sessions that burn, you know, lots and lots and lots of energy over and over again. We know that there's a lot of benefits to mixing up the intensity of exercise, so sometimes doing high-intensity stuff, sometimes doing low-intensity stuff, you know, sometimes doing stretches even. Sometimes it might be as simple as yoga or Pilates to strengthen core work as opposed to, you know, a sweat-based routine. So, you know, that's obviously not on the mental health side of things, but it's just, you know, a fact that, you know, there's a lot of benefits to um, varying degrees of intensity when it comes to exercise. And again, if there's a lot of importance placed on calories burned, um, output, you know, duration of a session, whether you really think you've pushed yourself or not, it's less likely that somebody will actually be engaging in those lower intensity sessions that are just as important. And I can certainly relate to that. You know, I think back, I think back to the way I, I moved 10 years ago versus now, like, yeah, I reckon I probably did feel guilty when I when I didn't get a sweat up. You know, I really struggled with those sorts of um, exercise exercises that didn't produce a great amount of um, you know sweat or even exhaustion at the end. You know, I remember I used to feel really guilty if I didn't train. You know, it used to be something I did absolutely every single day, and we know now how important it is to have at least one or even two rest days a week from a training program. 
So I'm drawing from conversations I've had with clients over the last couple of weeks and I'm also drawing from my own personal experience. And really the only thing I'm sort of tempting you to, to ask yourself is, how do you feel about exercise? Why do you do it? What do you measure to gauge whether an exercise session was successful? For me... Now I can honestly say hand on heart, it's about just, you know, feeling like I've moved my body. Um, You know, I love feeling a bit of a burn, but I also, you know, am, you know, just just as in love with going for a walk as I am going for, you know, a big run. And sometimes my body needs one thing and sometimes it needs another. Um, I have no idea how, you know, when I say I run six, seven Ks a day, four times a week, that's really a guesstimate. I actually don't know how long my route is. I don't know what my heart rate gets up to. Sometimes it takes me 40 minutes. Sometimes it takes me 47 minutes, but it doesn't really matter to me. It's just about getting it done and enjoying it. And sometimes smashing up the hills makes me feel great and other times I want to walk the hills and you know run the flat or sometimes I just want to walk it all so you know I think what it comes back to is if you are somebody who tracks your sessions with these sorts of parameters do you a think you need to you know do you honestly think you might be better off not tracking them or I respect it if you want to continue doing that and you've decided, no, no, it's really important to me to know that I'm improving and my fitness is getting better. That's fine. That's great. But I would just challenge you to make sure that your reliance on the numbers does not overwrite your own ability to listen to your body and to genuinely make sure that you are doing the type of exercise that your body needs on a day-to-day basis. I just want to make sure that, you know, you have the capacity to dial back the intensity from time to time when you feel like you need to um, and not feel guilty about that because you certainly shouldn't. And at the end of the day, When we put all of those things together, so when we listen to our body, when we vary the type of activity we're doing and the intensity we're doing it, when we make sure we're actually enjoying it and not doing it simply for the output at the end, that is what leads to sustainable movement. That is what leads to consistency. And that's what we want to do time and time again over the months and years to follow we just want to be in a consistent movement pattern because we know that consistency is key when it comes to movement and of course when it comes to food as well okay and consistency doesn't mean perfection um and there's always going to be bumps in the road there's probably going to be times when you fall out of the habit a little bit with your movement routine just like we all fall out of the habit of eating well and then we pick it up again and that's that's fine. That's health. It's a journey. It's not a destination. It was interesting because um, with a couple of these clients, I know I I know I really opened a can of worms when I asked these questions of them over the last couple of weeks. 
And, uh, you know, the consult was sort of running out of time. So I said, look, you know, I might, how about I sort of look for some resources for you to read or look at just to sort of, I guess, think about this concept a little bit further. And the really, the really sad thing was, was I actually couldn't find any resources. And that's why I decided to do a podcast on it. So when I tried to look it up, um, you know, I was searching sort of mental health and exercise, you know, is it healthy to track your um, calories when exercising? Um, I looked up, I think, variety of intensity with exercise. Nothing good came up. It was all very clinical um, or it just talked about, you know, the benefits of low-intensity exercise from a fat-burning perspective. And that's not the sort of material I want these clients to read because, you know, I, I don't want you to think about reducing the intensity of your exercise to burn more fat. I want you to just know that you should be listening to your body and it's okay to take it more gently sometimes. It doesn't have to be for any particular reason other than it's what your body needs and it's about you enjoying the activity itself as well it's not about you know making your body better or you know burning more fat or calories so really this podcast was created to sort of fill a bit of a gap because um if I can't have this entire conversation with somebody in a consult because it takes too long obviously this podcast is here that I can keep directing people back to I hope that you got something out of that conversation. I know how important it has been to a number of people that I've been speaking to lately and I really do believe that if you've got a a poor relationship with exercise, you're not going to have a healthy relationship with food and vice versa. So you might think it's a bit funny that I'm talking about this because I'm a nutritionist but I always look at lifestyle and everything that's going on as a whole and you can't have a healthy relationship with food and have the type of relationship with exercise where you're just going out to pummel yourself to burn more calories because, you know, it, it's, it all comes together. We're trying to heal someone's relationship with themselves um, when we're trying to heal their relationship with food. So we've got to look at all aspects. Thank you again for tuning into the Happy Apple. Um, feel free to leave any feedback you like. And I'll be back soon with another podcast. If you want to work with me, the easiest way to do that now is to actually book a discovery call via the website. Just go to www.thebalancednutritionist.com.au, book online, and you can now book a 20-minute discovery call, meaning I'll just call you at the time that you select and we can have a bit of a chin wag for 20 minutes about what's going on for you and what you want to change and how it is best to work with me moving forward. Have a great week and I look forward to um, having you guys tune in again soon.